Rodgers didn't show up for the Packers' opening of OTAs yesterday, and that became a really big deal around the NFL. Well, today, the Steelers will open OTAs, and Ben Roethlisberger won't be there, and Cam Hayward won't be there, and a whole bunch of other veterans won't be there, and it absolutely will not be in any way, shape, or form a big deal. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates. Off-season training activity is what OTA stands for, for anybody who just says the acronym and doesn't know what it actually means. I'll bet there's a bunch of you. The Steelers have three such sessions this week, today, tomorrow, and Thursday. And they're going to be attended. They're not going to be ghosted. You're going to see players who are competing for roster spots. You're going to see all of the young players in the fold, including the rookie class. You're going to see the players who have the most to actually gain from this process participate in this process. I'm okay with that. More important than that, infinitely more important, I very much get the sense that the Steelers' management and the head coach are also okay with that. In fact, in fact, I've picked up on suggestions from Mike Tomlin over the years that he will actually encourage older guys to not come to these things, not because they don't need it, not because they wouldn't benefit, but because there's only so many reps to distribute, particularly on the field, and there's only so much time for coaches to allot to individualized instruction that they would rather invest that time and that energy into players who need it. So there's no protest going on here. You're going to see, hear, and read some things probably in the coming 24 hours, and some of it's going to be from Cam, who's already been outspoken on this issue. Uh, Not angry, not acrimonious, not anything like that, but he has laid out what the player's side of it is, and there will still be OTAs and they'll still benefit the people who they should benefit the most. Not a big deal. None of this will mean anything until the Steelers' minicamp, which is not voluntary. Everybody's got to be there. And then that's going to be our first opportunity to see really everybody together. So whatever temptation anyone's got to take roll call, who's there, who isn't. And you know what? Our outlet is going to be there as well, and we're going to do that too because that's just part of the job. It's not going to be a big deal, no matter who doesn't come. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by 
the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated as super lawyers, capital S, capital L, for over 15 years. That's reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or call 888-842-5454. What I'm looking forward to more than anything else in these OTAs, especially since there's already been a rookie mini camp, and we've had our first little splash of Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth and Kendrick Green and everything else, is anything that sounds like, looks like, feels like signs of hope on the offensive line. That's going to be at the top of the list. No, there's not going to be anything there that can make a meaningful impression. I'm not being an idiot here. They don't do drills. They don't do seven-on-seven. They don't do things that amount to anything more than, to quote Tomlin, football in shorts. That's all it is. But you're listening. You're trying to pick up on vibes. You're trying to hear... Uh, you're trying to hear assessments from anybody who's available to us, and remember that that's still limited. It's not normal access for reporters. That suggest that a player might be more advanced than what they thought uh, or less ready than what they thought or more in need of NFL-type conditioning. These are the little clues that you look for in an OTAs, even in a minicamp. And even in normal times, meaning non-virus times, whenever we're able to you know, really get our hands dirty and ask all kinds of questions of all kinds of people. More than anything, I want to hear about this offensive line. I want to hear something good about this offensive line. Not the rah-rah stuff, although that's going to come. I mean, imagine if Zach Banner is one of the people that's put on the call with us, you're going to be <laughs> really, really fired up about the line once he gets done telling you about it. That's just the nature of his personality. But let's hear about Chooks Okorafor's adjustment to left tackle, readjustment to left tackle. He's done it in the past, but he hasn't done it in the NFL. And he hasn't done it protecting a Canton-bound quarterback. Let's hear more about Kevin Dotson and his readiness and the confidence that he gained from last season. Let's hear about Banner. How's his health? Last time we saw him, he was getting carted off. What's his status with the knee? David DeCastro at right guard, I'm not expecting him to be there for the same reasons that I outlined earlier. I'd be really, really surprised if he was. And then there's the center position. And then there's that. And this might be the thing that ends up more interesting than anything else. Once more, you're not going to be able to look at a drill or first team this or second team that 
in this setting. But there might be clues to pick up as to whether or not Mike Tomlin principally sees B.J. Finney as his starting center or if they're going to give a good, hard look to Kendrick Green. That might be the thing that emerges from this that rises above all the rest. Of all the players in this rookie class whose starting status is kind of like, eh, you know, right on the line, Green might top the list. And I'm not ruling out that Pat Fryermuth could could impress, particularly with his blocking and look like he might threaten Eric Ebron at some point or whatever, but that's not going to show here. That's not going to show in OTAs. And I'll say this. I hope Green gets that chance. I really do. That is not a knock on Finney. I've heard way too many people associated with the Steelers speak way too highly of Finney to think something like that. But I'm underscoring here the word chance. I hope that he's given the reps, the snaps, the open eyes, the open mind that goes into setting the stage for the kid himself to jump up and take that job. Because if he does, and if he is all of those things that the Steelers brass expect from him, not just in terms of his talent, but also in terms of his potential fit with the Matt Canada offense specifically, you'd be crazy to anoint Finney ahead of him. This is a year where any rookie, and this includes Najee Harris, is going to need every rep, every step along the way in order to be ready, maximum ready, for this coming season. You know how Tomlin likes to talk about second-year breakouts? He does that with everybody. He brings it up uh, not just with us, but with the with rookies and players themselves. Second year, we're expecting to see that second-year breakout. A lot of that has to do with conditioning and players not being in what he considers to be NFL shape, meaning the type of conditioning that they're in where they come, they think that they have to bulk up and impress everybody with their stats when, in fact, what's needed most often is slimming down and becoming quicker. Think Le'Veon Bell here. But it's all about this year. It's all about now. You don't know that you're going to have another year of Ben. You can't wait for that year two eruption. You know? So all of these count. For those guys, for those kids, this thing matters. For everyone else, nope, not at all. Not at all. No matter what kind of fuss anybody tries to kick up over it. When we come back, just one question. for just one question and today's comes from Ken in West Virginia and Ken says if the offensive line is 
able to open holes for Najee, I think it's going to be a huge help all the way around. Takes pressure off Ben. He doesn't have to throw 30-plus times a game. It'll help the Steelers hold leads, chew up the clock, and it'll help the defense rest. I agree with what you said on the Monday show that Anthony McFarland will probably be the best choice as backup, but no matter who it is, aren't they just going to be as successful as the offensive line is? I don't know, Ken. I don't know, Ken. Um, First of all, to clarify, I didn't say that McFarland would be the best choice uh, as backup, and I, I feel the need to clarify that first. What I said is that McFarland might be the best fit for the zone block, but there are situations where, as I said yesterday, you're going to want to see running between the tackles, and you're going to want to see somebody softening things up. And if Benny Snell looks like uh, he's improved even marginally in the area of hitting holes and exploding through holes, uh, then he could very much be the guy. I did not pick a backup in that episode. But the offensive line, yes, it's part of it. I I don't like getting really, really laser-focused when it comes to blame in a team sport. I do it, but it's not often, and it's, it's not reckless. To me, I looked at the Steelers' running game in 2020 as being first and foremost about the offensive line and their lack of either ability or enthusiasm or both to do run blocking. But I sure didn't stop there. I sure didn't stop there. James Conner, in addition to seldom being able to stay on the field, or to be at 100% when he is, didn't make much of what's there. Snell, as I've repeatedly cited, wasn't hitting the open holes that were given to him. And I'm underscoring there that there were open holes. And as such, the offensive line has to get some credit for that. And McFarland never was even really given a chance We have no idea what he can do or can't do. We do know that on the few times that he was given the ball, they were trying to run him between tackles, which is nuts. And that's some of that uh, laziness that you can attribute to Randy Feetner's approach to the running game that I cited in the Point Park University Friday Insider feature a couple of weeks ago on DK Pittsburgh Sports that a couple of sources within the team called out Feetner for just totally losing his commitment to the run and not even really bothering to get creative or inventive or ambitious about it. That, to me, is one of the big screaming examples of that. Anthony McFarlane through the tackles. Yikes. There's a lot that goes into it. And... When this subject came up with Tomlin in the pre-draft press conference, and he knew that we were all just asking about 
Najee Harris in, in different ways. We're trying to pick up on hints. Who are you going to draft? Who are you going to draft? Who are you going to draft? And his response, and it was emphatic and pronounced, was that what needs to happen to the running game needs to involve a lot of people, a lot of people, not just the running back. So you're right, Ken, that they're going to be as successful as the offensive line allows them to be, but the reverse is true as well. It's it's getting hard to understate how badly the Steelers bungled their running game last season, the more information that emerges. So look at it that way. They can improve at absolutely everything, and there's a really, really high ceiling from where they were to where they could be. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one tomorrow after the first day of OTAs. We'll have some new information. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.